This is your mind, this is your life, this is your time, this is your life, this is your mind, this is your world. Yeah, how long has it been since you got to think for yourself, think, think for yourself? And how long has it been since you've had some time to yourself, unwind with yourself? You can do anything, so don't you hide from yourself, be kind to yourself, intelligent, amazing. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Replenish Me radio show, where we help women, but especially moms, get from chaos to calm with strategies that really work for successful women like our guest today, Soraya Sarah. She is a, she's the founder of the Mindful Soul Academy, and her motto is live happy, live now. She helps women with the tools they need to fix themselves and to be more confident so they can truly serve the world. You can connect with her at her new website, The Mindful Soul Academy. Welcome to the show. How are you today? Hello, hello. Peace and blessings, everyone. (laughs) Thank you very much for having me. I'm very well. I'm very excited to talk to you today. I'm so excited to have you on here. I've been like... Okay, so I've I kind of have a little bit of stalker crush on you. I've oh. been watching all your stuff. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Thank you. <laughs> Just to make you feel awkward. Um, <laughs> no, but you know what drew me was that you're a Muslim woman, woman, and you're you know like wearing your hijab and you're just like telling telling it like it is. And I was like, unapologetic. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I want to be her. <laughs> Be whoever you want to be, really. But, you know, you don't have to be me, but, you know, you just have to be unapologetic because I think we we spend our lives, uh, you know, living behind a shadow. And, you know, there's there's this thing with the Muslims, there's a bit of a patriarchy system going on that we need to break that cycle because that's something that's been created uh, in time, you know, with culture. And I'm here to break that cycle, to, to break that and give women their power back. And I think it's really important for us to do that. I mean, I'm not a feminist, but it's important that we're happy within ourselves to, to really move forward in life and, and change our next generation. Because if we don't change ourselves, the next generation is not going to change. Exactly. And right. So in Islam, anyway, we're taught that women are the pillars of society. And that's like twofold, right? Because half of our Dean, half of our life is our marriage, and the other half of that, right, is um, raising the children, and they're watching us, right? So, you know, if we're not who we want them to be, then they're not going to be that either. So, what what was your aha moment? What shook you up and said, "Look, I got to get this message out"? What 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 was it? Okay, so I'll give you a quick, brief background. I'll try to keep it brief, but it really came from when I was 14, I had this flashback of um, like a really weird flashback. I woke up one morning and it was a flashback of sexual abuse. And I had no idea I was sexually abused when I was, you know, at at the age of 14, my family's going through a hard time. My parents, my mum and my stepdad was getting divorced and, you know, there's a lot of trauma going on because, you know, my, my parents were divorcing and there was, their relationship wasn't good. A lot of emotional abuse going on there. And, you know, I didn't know what to do with my emotions. You know, I, I talked to my mum about it. Um, she found out 
by digging, I suppose she kind of accidentally found out about my abuse because I had left a journal on my bed and I was writing on it and she was like, oh God, her room's messy. I'm going to clean up the room. <laughs> so she, she found it by accident. And, uh, and then we had this conversation and I realized she was also in a place where things were very hard for her. She was in a place where she was trying to deal with five children and a crumbling marriage. So I felt like my emotions were put on the back burner because she had bigger issues because she had to, you know, she was a breadwinner for the family. We had a family business. She had to go out and work because she had to support all of us. So I put my feelings on the back burner. And for those 16 years that I put my feelings on the back burner, I developed anxiety depression, like high functioning anxiety, depression. I was a people pleaser. Um, I was diagnosed at 30 with adjustment disorder. <laughs> so like by me not dealing with my emotions, uh, I had anxiety attacks. I was depressed. I had suicidal thoughts when I was a teenager and I was a control freak. <laughs> I was a perfectionist. So you can name all those lovely things, those traits that aren't very nice. I probably had a bit of that. Wow. At 30, I, I needed to gift myself. Um, I needed to gift myself um, healing. I needed to heal myself. So when I hit 30, I decided to see a therapist and I got in Australia. We're very lucky. We get um, six, free, six free sessions from the government um, as a mental health plan. So we're very, very lucky and fortunate for that. I know a lot of women around the world don't have the opportunity to, to get any help um, in that sense. So I, I did six sessions and for the first five sessions, I spent, talk, I spent my time talking about everything except for my abuse. Mm. So I just like, I talked about everything except for the abuse. I just ignored it. Um, for the whole time I was like, no, I'm here. I'll talk about my family's divorce. I'll talk about my sister. I'll talk about my children. I'll talk about my husband. And then when I got to the last session, I was like, this is your last chance, Soraya. You need to get yourself fixed. And I spent that whole um, one hour session just crying and just letting it out and talking about it. And, and then I realized that that's all I needed. I needed someone to hold space for me in a safe place to let myself feel, to let myself be um, able to be vulnerable without being judged in a non-judgmental way. Um, and, and for coaches, it's called holding space for people. And I teach my ladies to do that as well and teach them to teach their husbands to do that for them. It's so important that your husbands can hold space for you and be non-judgmental when you're having a crappy day. So it's really, you know, when I did that, that spurred me on to my next phase of finding myself. After I did that, I was like, that's it. Okay. This is a kickstart I needed. And then as I started reading books, uh, attending uh, classes with uh, some well-known um, people in the healing space, I, I learned how to do trauma releases mm. on myself. I learned how to meditate. I learned how to be mindful to bring myself back in the present moment. And I thought, okay, I can't be the only one that that's gone through this. So last year I, I, I got some business coaching and I said, I've got a message I want to get out, but I want to keep it. I've got a plan in my head, what I want to do. <laughs> and I had it on my vision board. So I have a vision board and wow. I had it on my vision board that I wanted an audience and I had a message I wanted to give to audience that message. I did not know what it was, mm. that audience. I did not know who they were, but in my head I knew I needed to have an audience and I had a message I needed to give. So 
that, you know, when I put that out there, I knew in my head that's what I wanted and it ended up being that was who I wanted to help. Women, Muslim women who have been abused in childhood and have not seeked any help or have not been able to seek any help because of monetary issues. Because I know a lot of my, a lot of the people that follow me are in third world countries. They don't, they can't afford $150 an hour for a therapist. Let's be honest. Like it's yeah. so expensive. They don't have the same plans as Australia does where you can get free sessions for mental health. So I wanted to create a site that was, um, low cost, but give good value in terms of healing. And I get, and that's how I started the Michael Soul Academy. I got a lot of coaches on board from all over the world in the healing space to talk about specific issues, especially related to trauma, how our body holds on to trauma, how we, how we react every day um, because we haven't dealt with our past. So whatever we haven't dealt with in the past or whatever we resist will persist in our life. So if I didn't deal with my pain from my childhood abuse, it's going, it will keep going. Like I would, be still in that anxious space in that depression phase you know all those things would just keep persisting if i don't deal with the core issue the root cause has to be dealt with or else it will just keep coming up so my my dream is to serve um at least a million muslim women to help them heal and i'm just putting this out there because i don't say it out there out loud enough i haven't even put it on my website yet but the more i say it the more i will believe it so <laughs> a million muslim women that is the goal. Wow. Heal a million Muslim women. Here's the thing. I, you know, I converted to Islam, so I didn't even know that that was an issue in that part of the world because, or like, like amongst Muslims, because for me, right, we have these ideals like, well, wow, Islam is so great. And, you know, all the things that it teaches, da, 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 da. But come to find out, Muslims are human too. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's this is the thing because um, there's in Islam we talk about hiding each other's sins, and this is one of the things where a lot of stuff gets put under the carpet. And the more I speak to women, because I started this group, this group just for Muslim Muslim women survivors of childhood sexual abuse. And when I put it out there, the amount of women that just started to rock in, I was like, oh, wow, I did not know that it was this many people and they just kept coming in and I, they kept telling me their stories. And I was like, whew, you know, this issue is bigger than I thought. And that's when it pushed me and spurred me on to create the safe space for them to heal. Because I, I do so much free webinars and free, like I give out a lot of free information because I want to serve these, these women in that sense. And I'm, I'm very mindful of, of the money factor and that's why I created the Mindful Soul Academy so that they can go in at a cheap rate. I, I cannot charge them $150 an hour for my services because that is like maybe two or three months worth of pay for them, yeah. you know? So I have to be realistic and I have to come in with love and not with the money situation. I have to come in with, you know, with a different mindset because I want to help people. And I, you know, have to be realistic about it and understand their story because I was there too before and to, to show them that you can actually live, a, you know, a nice, happy, calm, safe life um, is really important. Yeah. I, and I actually went to a conference locally here and I didn't know what I was in for, but this uh, Nigerian woman, 
she was like, oh, you should come. You know, it's about empowering women, da, 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 da. So like the first speaker, she was talking about this, sexual abuse. And then, I mean, I think at least two of the speakers were relationship experts and like this. So in the room, you know, um, at the end there was a Q&A se- session and you know how we do it. Like with the papers, it's anonymous. You don't know who's asking the question. A lot of questions about that. And I was like, really? Yeah. Yeah, the stats are, are pretty high. Like for, uh, in America, it's one in four women. Um, I know that for Native Americans, it's one in three women, which is even more horrifying. But for the Muslims, there is no, there's no, no open statistics because right. nobody talks about it. Well, I um, have, I'm guessing it's one in two because wow. there were like maybe a hundred of us in the room and there were a lot of questions mm. <laughs> yeah it is big it is big because so many women are hurting from it because they're told to shh, don't don't tell anyone and and then people don't believe them so there's a lot of shame there's a lot of guilt there's a lot of embarrassment around it and you know I've heard some horrific stories and I know what it's like to be in that space because you don't want to speak up and because you don't want to rock the boat and a lot of the time it's someone that they're related to or someone close to the family like is it 80 percent of the time that's what it is because those are those people have access to the kids that's yeah. the reality of it so you know just the they don't want to they're too scared to speak up so to I'm not, yeah Right. So the fact that it's within the family means mm. that it's generational, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because and to be honest, like, it, about it. exactly, exactly. And when I told my mum that like when she found out when I was 14, it, you know, she went and said that she was also abused. And then she said that her mother is abused as well. I'm just like, really? So I'm the like third generation to be abused. Like in my head that has been sitting with me that I was a third generation being abused. And I was like, that cannot happen. Like, I don't know anything further than my grandmother. Like, I don't know. She was adopted. So I don't know anything further than that. And I'm wondering maybe they were abused as well, but I'm like, it has to stop right now. Like if I'm the third generation of person, like of women being abused, it stops here with me. It's not going to continue. And this also starts with the conversation with children, when to talk to them about, um, about sex, when to talk about, um, you know, private parts and the body understanding that. Cause that's the next step. That's where it starts. And we have to not shame these things because we, there's a lot of shame around body and we cannot be shaming our body because it's so important to understand what's good touch, what's bad touch and, and starting from young. And I think that that's how we break the cycle. We need to be open and talking about it. So the more I talk about taboo topics, the more it becomes normal for people to talk about, the more comfortable people are uh, talking about these topics. So yeah. For me, I think it's about breaking cycles because I don't want the next generation to be like me, for sure. Like, that will be the last thing on my head. Yeah. So with that, I'm going to just transition to something else real quick because it may be, you know, I want that to settle with people. Mm, if anyone's, it's pretty deep. Right? So if anyone's listening and this is you, um, that may be kind of intense. So we're going to, like, we'll revisit it a little bit later in our conversation, but I do want to ask, are you a mom? (laughs) Yes, I am a mom. Two boys, two little boys. So, yeah, a mom, 
two little boys, very busy household. Um, even though it's only two, it's, it feels like I have 10. <laughs> Boy, do I know that feeling. I've got two boys. Yes. I know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. It's like a whirlwind, whirlwind in the house every single day, especially between four and 8 PM. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, I always tell them this is calm down time because we're working towards bed and that's like, really? So that means Tasmanian devil. We're going to do yeah. the tornado. Okay. So yeah, I get that. So like, how are you able to manage everything? Like you have this, you know, work that you're doing with women, this, I mean, this mindful, soulful, uh, mindful soul Academy is amazing i've i've been in there like i went to your webinar i went to your website there's a lot of stuff in there you've been busy how like with your i'm, I'm not quite sure i actually <laughs> not quite sure how i do it to be honest but let, let's just say that i have set out the times when i can work and um i use calendly like i um that's the tool that i use and i link that up to my main calendar on google and i make sure that i block out the times that i cannot function as a human being when I have the kids awake. Uh, so, <laughs> so when I have the kids around, I cannot work. So I either work from the crack of dawn just after fudger in the morning uh, until like maybe six or seven o'clock in the morning before the kids go to school and my husband's here to take care of the kids. So just know what times I can work or in the evenings when they've gone to bed after 8 PM, that's when I can actually do recordings and work and contact people and speak to people. But in the daytime, I can only, I can only just type stuff and do stuff that requires like typing and, but the most important thing is that I actually have a goal because if I don't have that goal in my head, I'm not going to, I'm not going to work hard enough to, to do what I need to do to serve. So, you know, I, I find that having that goal has helped me just move forward. But, you know, as a mom, you need to break up your time and know, um, when you have to just spend it with your kids because your kids aren't going to grow up on their own. You actually need to help them. Feed. You need to feed them. You need yeah. to water them. You need to shower them. You need to do all that kind of stuff with them. <laughs> so yeah, you have to be present with them as well. So it's really important to be present with your kids. Uh, but you know, I can also like when the kid takes a nap, well, my little one takes a nap, I'll, I'll do some more work and I'm constantly just doing stuff uh, to keep myself busy and learning new things. The moment you're stuck on a level plane, you're not going to go anywhere. So that, that's a good point. Like I have to show for my kids around a lot too. And this mm. is great that you're in Australia and I'm in America because like your time is my time too. That's, I, that's one thing I, I thought about. So did you, do you pick like certain parts of the world? Because like I pick Europe, right? Because that means after Fudger until they wake up, I can deal with the Europeans, right? And I yep, didn't yep. realize that the bonus I can deal with the Australians too. So, but I knew that like Australia and Europe, I can definitely do. So do you, is that how you picked it out or? Uh, no, not really. I just picked it out around my family, to be honest, because I have to be realistic. Um, if I'm going to take a coaching call for someone, I can't be having kids, you know, in like my kids, like I said, they're, they're boys and they fight and I can't control that while I'm on the phone unless I like sit in the closet by myself and like hold the door back. But, you know, I realized that that didn't work. So I actually have to work around my family and, and then do my work outside of the times when they aren't awake. So it's so important to, for me to, to do that. Um, 
I, you know, I just can't, the boys are too loud and too crazy. So I have to work it around them. I cannot control the crazy in my house when they're together. <laughs> yeah. And as you're saying that my two girls that were sleeping in the bed, they've now gone into the bath and they're getting loud, but you keep, no, I can't hear it. Don't worry. Okay, good. It's all good. It's all good. And this is the thing, like that's kids. And this is the reality of life as a parent. Like we have to juggle and you like you and me, we're two mums trying to make a difference in the world. And we have a goal of what we want to do. And we'll do the, whatever Gary B says, the hustle, right? To, right? to get it happening. So, you know, if that means your kids are in the other room and your husband's holding the door back, then that's what you got to do. <laughs> right. Because for moms, our hustle is just like doing the timing thing. Okay. And it will erupt in three. Two. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yep. That's pretty much how it turns out in my house. <laughs> Yes. So that, that's lovely. That's great. I'm so, you know, I'm so happy to see someone like you who is driven and focused and making it happen. But I do worry because, you know, my thing is about self-nurturing. I mean, I'm worried about your sleeping schedule there. You're saying like, you don't ever take a nap after Fudger. I don't either because I'm a morning person, but then the, the end of the day too. So are we taking a nap in the middle of the day? What's going on with the sleep? Oh yeah. Occasionally I'll do take a nap in the middle of the day, depending if I woke up early in the morning to take a call in the morning, I would definitely, um, like if I woke up before Fudger to take a call, um, a coaching call or an interview, I would definitely have a nap in the middle of the day, but I'm like 10, 11 o'clock. I'm in bed. My, my kids are all sleep trained. They're in their beds. So sleep is so important to me. It's so important that you get your sleep. Um, I'm grumpy if I don't get my sleep, let's be honest, which mum wouldn't be. So <laughs> I have to have my sleep. It's so important. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, if you if you have young kids, make sure you sleep train them. Most important thing ever, <laughs> sleep train your kids. <laughs> After it's 8 o'clock, okay, bedtime, in bed. I don't want to see you come out. No water, nothing. You have your water in your room. Don't come out. I'm busy. So <laughs> that's how it works. And I, and I have a good, like, three hours to do work. Uh, you know, I might just chill out and hang out with my husband for a little while um, or finish early and hang out with him. So, you know, we, we have to care for ourselves. The work is work is work, but we also need to care for ourselves and what we can do to nurture our, um, our own soul. Yes. So giving direction to the natives. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I got that term from some mom the other day. She was like, I've got four natives. I was like, natives. I don't know if I should take offense to that because like both of my grandmothers are Native American Indians, you know? So, <laughs> but I was like, I'll just let that go. <laughs> let that slide. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I'm totally there. I've got six. <laughs> um, so I do feel that sleep is the highest form of self-care and sleep training your kids is really, really super duper important. But for the purpose of this interview, I'm going to focus on mom. So what other self-care techniques do you do for yourself? So I think for me, um, which I haven't been doing for a little while because it's been winter, is to go out and, and go for a walk. And we have like a bush track near my house. So just going out into nature and, and not like on the pavement, like you can feel the pebbles on the ground and, and just walk through there. And sometimes I take the kids down there, but it's like herding cows if I take the kids. So 
<laughs> so I'd rather go by myself and leave the kids at home. So I used to go like early in the morning after Fudger and, and go for a run down the, down the track. But because it's winter, it's a bit hard for me to do. So that's really important to go out in nature, to, to actually get fresh air. And we get so um, caught up with work that we forget to go out. So for me, yes, that's for me, that's, that's self-care to go out by myself without the children. And the way that I do it now is on Saturday mornings, I go grocery shopping alone. That mm -hmm. for me is self-care. Oh, yes. I know what you mean. <laughs> I'm pushing the cart by myself, reading labels. And for me, honestly, that's like going to the spa. <laughs> See, I like this. I, I love that you're saying that because self-care doesn't have to be a spa day. And I have that in my book because so often we're just like, oh, I don't have time for self-care. And so that's when I ask the question, what is self-care to you? Oh, mm. getting my nails done, you know, going getting a massage. And I'm like, mm, no, self-care is a walk outside and a cool, brisk breeze, right? Alone. It's yeah, sometimes alone. Alone, red, alone. Red, alone. Pushing your shopping cart without two kids saying, no, me, no, me. <laughs> yep. Or hanging off the shopping carts, you know. And, like, it really depends on the individual, what they find as, as something that um, soothes their soul. And I think for me, not only just being alone, like I've spent so many, so many years just being alone with myself that I crave it. I still, I, you know, I, I still want to have it again to have that quiet time and, you know, meditating and being silent, like just before I go to bed, because sometimes my day is so busy. I'm just like, oh, I'm so tired. I need to sleep. So I'll just like sit on my bed and do meditation and just, I'll just fall asleep instantly because I don't have time to do meditations for one, two hours like people do. Like, I don't have that time. I have kids. I'm too tired. I'll fall asleep within five minutes. Best way to, best way to wind down and I'll have a nice blissful sleep. Uh, and that's really important. And I suppose when we talk about self-care is to understand when your emotions come up and to understand that we're allowed to have emotions. Because as mums, like sometimes we're just like, I have just had enough of these children. Like today has just been cutthroat and I just can't handle them today. And it's okay to feel like that because I think that there's all these, all, all these people just out there saying about parenting and how awesome parenting should be and connecting with your kids. But some days they just drive you up the wall. Let's be honest. And we need to have that time to step back and just chill out for a little while and just say, okay, kids go to bed. Mummy needs some time alone. <laughs> Mummy needs just to chill out today because you guys have just gone over the hill with me and I cannot handle you today. So please go to bed. Don't come out and I'll see you tomorrow morning. Okay. And you can only hope that they don't come out in the middle of the night to your bed. So, but it's so important to wind down and to wind down from that and sit quietly and allow yourself to feel. And if those emotions come up, because sometimes something might trigger something from the past. And like I said, whatever you resist persists and something in the day may have triggered like this like life's not like this life's not like this not, not not like this it's like this we get emotions and it's so important to know that whenever things come up just to sit with them and allow yourself to feel and if something comes up from the past just you know if you need to cry and let it out crying is very cathartic it just allows yourself to feel and release it's a very good release of those emotions especially if you've just spent the day being tarzan in your house so, so important to, to, to be 
to take the time for yourself to do that? You know, you, you brought up a lot of really great points. Um, when I first became a mom, I thought there was something wrong with me because like one minute I was so intensely in love with my child and the next and the next minute I was just like monster person. Mm, and, mm. and then I would go back to like even keel. Okay, everyone, let's sit down and eat. It's time to make law. And then, you know, and I was like, is this okay? Is there something wrong with me? You, know? you did the Mary Poppins to Batman. <laughs> That's what you did. The Mary Poppins to Batman and then back to Mary Poppins again. I love that. I do that too. <laughs> and it's totally normal, you know. Yes. And you know, I've come to realize that just in between there, I have to slip in my, my moments of meditation, mm. the deep breathing. Oh, yeah. Lots of deep breathing. Lots of deep breathing. We need to do a lot of that to keep ourselves calm, to keep our, to bring ourselves back to ourselves, I suppose, is probably the best way to put it. Definitely, it is. I want to ask you another question. So we've talked a lot about a lot of different things. What would be like three um, takeaways from today that you want people to get? Um, I suppose the three takeaways that I would love mummies to to really embrace is that be vulnerable with your emotions when they come up because your body and your soul's telling you to process stuff because I just touched on that. And I just want to touch on that a little bit more because a lot of us push that down. So what we resist will persist. So we've pushed those emotions down. They're going to come up again. So just sit with your emotions and process that. Um, number two would be take some time for yourself. Make sure, you know, you take it by yourself, like as in alone and it can be half an hour or one hour, whatever it is. And it doesn't have to cost money. You can go out for a walk. You can um, go shopping by yourself and just the grocery shopping. Like I said, that for me, I'm just like, I'm happy to just go by myself without having to juggle um, cookies and juggle a fruit and juggle this just to give to the kids. So you keep quiet, you know, that it's really important. Take that time out for yourself. Um, and number three would be, um, what would number three be? What was I saying just now? To be, to be present, live right now because, you know, depression comes in when we live in the past, when we worry about the past and anxiety jumps in when we worry too much about the future. So let's try and live with what we have in front of us. Like our kids won't have that moment anymore. We won't have that present moment with our kids at that present moment in time anymore with them. So if they're playing with their Lego, you know, why don't you sit down, play with them, put it together with them. If they're going to have their swimming lesson, go out and see them do their swimming lesson. Just be present with them. I'm not saying, you know, you can't let them go and do their own stuff. Definitely let them do their own stuff, but be present with them and with your partner. And, you know, it doesn't mean things have to be perfect just enjoy the moment and live for right now and don't worry too much about the past or the future that hasn't happened yet. Absolutely. <clears throat> we often are like time traveling, right? <laughs> yes. We don't, we don't stay here and yeah. it's, it gets to be our practice, you know? So that is, that is a really good one. I like that one. I wanted to um, a little bit go back to our other conversation that we were starting to have um, about the work that you do. Mm. So 
um, specifically for helping a, a, one question I get, you know, cause I'm homeschooling and in the, in America, I don't know if it is the same way in Australia, but we have to do, um, what is that? Sex education, I guess it's called yep. health ed. Yeah. Health right. sex so ed, yeah. A lot of moms want to know, um, how to teach their kids about this. That's my favorite topic. I, I've done a couple of webinars on that. I get so many parents jump on because they don't know how to talk to their kids about that. And, you know, it's, it's very interesting because a lot of the, the women that have come up and said, I need some help talking to my kids about it. And, you know, it's really important to know that it does start from birth, to be honest, and from talking from that. But it doesn't mean you can't start when they're older. You know, you can always start from if you can start young, it's good. And it just starts with naming the body parts, the right names. Like, you know, you've got a penis, you've got a vagina, like all these words are just, we need to make them normal. Right. And that's where it starts. And then it starts with, you know, them answer their questions like scientifically answer them how it works when they ask questions, how did the baby go get in there? Like my son asked that when I was pregnant with um, my second one and the, you know, he had, he was processing it in his head. So he was four when he asked it, he's like, well, how did he get in there? How did the baby get in there? And I would answer and say, well, mommy has an egg and daddy has a sperm and they meet up and then the baby goes into mommy's tummy. Okay. So that was the first step because, you know, let him process that. A week later, he asked me, well, how did it get in there? Right. <laughs> of course. It's possible. And with that, you know, any um, emotions to it and just no, no shame attached to it because a lot of it, we, we like to attach shame to it and that's, there's no need for that. We just need to be realistic about it. And I'll just tell him, you know, what happens, um, you know, how it all happens and how it all unfolds. And he was, he was quite happy to hear that. He's like, okay, cool. And that's all he needed to know. He just needed to know how it got in there and that was it. That's all he needed to know and he was cool. And he just moved on from that. And so whatever questions come up, just be open to answer it. Don't say, ask your dad or ask your aunt or ask so-and-so. You answer the question so that they can come to you if there's any issues. To be open about it and answer their questions as they come up. Because you want them to talk to you. You want them to, to be able to open up to you when they, when they need to. Uh, because there'll be times when they might have to have that difficult conversation with you. They might have to talk about something that might be a bit uncomfortable. So you have to be, it has to start when they're young. And if your kids are much older now, you know, it's, it's still fine to just start and have that conversation. Just don't be shy about it. Call it what it is. Cause we all do it. Let's, let's be honest that, you know, that's how, that's how we, <laughs> we were produced. So we have to have this conversation with the kids and just be open and think about how science would explain it. <laughs> That's my best way to put it. Like, think like you're actually talking from a textbook, but, you know, simplify it. I think that's the best way um, you can do it. Just don't call it weird names. That's the worst that you can do <laughs> um, for the kids. Just call it what it is and keep the conversation open without shame, without embarrassment. Yeah, you have to keep it real. That. You, you, cannot, you cannot use the strange names. You cannot say, you know, yeah, the birds and the bees. And that yeah. was funny because there, there was a thread um, 
someone was actually saying in a homeschooling group, she's like, how do you talk to your 11 year old about the birds and the bees? I'm like, well, first of all, (laughs) 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 yeah, it has to start. You, you, I mean, you have to have the conversation. You have to be open about it. So it's, it's really important to, to have that conversation from a young age. So, hmm. And my teenager comes to the rescue. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Actually, you know, because they're usually knocked out of sleep this time. So, um, Teenagers I... sleep a lot, don't they? What is that about? Like that never um, happened to me. I didn't sleep that much. <laughs> I don't recall sleeping that much either. <laughs> that was all my anxiety and depression. Like when I was a teenager, so I'll be like, you know, always anxious about something. So that's probably why I didn't sleep that much. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you know, I think my sisters were the same. They slept a lot. And I'm like, where do you, where do you get all this energy to sleep? Do you need energy to sleep? What energy do you need to burn? I don't understand. Right. Right. I know. But I think the, um, you know, the conversation needs to start young, definitely. And um, that way, and then we also have to open that communication with our kids and, mm. you know, trust them, believe them because they're trusting us and believing us, right? When yeah. we're taking care of them, when we're feeding them and whatever it is that we do for them. So we should reciprocate that by, you know. Yeah opening up that conversation line right because a lot of times people are like oh you know they're just kids the kids say stuff but kids you know they don't just make stuff up you don't make stuff up so you got to really listen believe them believe them yeah believe them and and just be open when they when they say something to you when they're coming to you worried just be ready just be ready be non-judgmental and just take it in and take it as it comes because this is life like life wasn't meant to be perfect like I don't think my mum expected to hear that I was abused as a child. So, you know, I mean, she had no idea and I didn't have any idea until I was 14 until I had the flashbacks and they just came up and, you know, I don't know if things would have changed. I don't know if I don't, you know, I have no idea how it would have unfolded, but that's just life. And it's just happened to, it just happens to some people. But I think that if we had a different conversation beforehand, like if we spoke about things differently, if we spoke about sex differently, like we would be able to have a different conversation. We'll be more open because I felt so ashamed, so embarrassed. Like, in fact, I was so scared to get married. In fact, I was so scared to have a baby because then I, then my mum would find out that I had sex. Like that was how scared I was. Like how ridiculous is that? <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's having that conversation and not letting your kids feel that it was like, you know, that it's a bad thing because it's life. But, you know, when it comes to the emotional side, that's where it takes um, a deeper conversation um, because when they're teenagers, they have hormones, that's a completely different conversation than you have with a six-year-old, let's be honest, like very different. Right. And then, you know, we live in a society, it doesn't even matter where you live in the world anymore, right? Because there could be some places where you didn't see so much, but now the kissing and the, you know, yeah. caressing and all that is, open. It's, it's, very, open everywhere. Yeah, it's everywhere. So you can't hide it. And it's mm. just, you know, I, I know like sometimes parents, they won't be intimate in front of their kids. Intimate means like just a kiss or, you mm. know, my parents were very compassionate with one another. And I, I was just accustomed to, you know, my dad just in the middle of the day, I love you so much and kissing my mom on the forehead. Yeah, that's you beautiful. Know? And that's just like, 
I thought that was normal, you know, but then I married an Asian. Oops, I'm talking about my husband again, you know, and he's like, the kids are here. I'm like, what? so what? What do you Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, this is a thing, like, the, the whole intimacy thing with, like, I mean, I'm married to an Asian as well, and it's not, it's not very um, normal for, for them to show those emotions, like, like, they get married and that, that's it. Like you're two separate people. Like, like you don't sit close to each other. You don't hold hands. I'm just like, but like, seriously, like who cares? Because it just shows them like, it shows them what love is like, what a loving relationship is. It, it doesn't really matter. But like, I think it's also a cultural thing and we need to break some stigmas. We need to break some cultural barriers. I think, because I, I feel like for me, I, just because I'm a bit of a rebel, I like to break a few rules and, and, you know, be different. And I think it's okay to do that. People will talk, whatever, as long as I'm not doing anything wrong, it's fine. It's just because your culture says it's wrong. doesn't mean that it's wrong, wrong, wrong. Like, you know, the religion doesn't say it's wrong. You, the religion says, you know, be compassionate, be loving, you know, what's wrong with that? And what setting an example for your children is so important. So. It is. I mean, but it's not just Muslims. I, I was with a Catholic family recently and their son or daughter, one of their teenagers has a relationship, which I thought was kind of weird. But anyway, so the the girlfriend and boyfriend were together and they were just holding hands and hugging each other and, you know, playing with each other's hair. And I was like, oh, that's so great. You know, and so she was, you know, the mom kind of pulled me aside. She's like, I'm so embarrassed. Why do they touch so much? And I was like... <laughs> because they're in love and I think this is a healthy way to figure it out as long as they're you know I mean yes you want to stop at the open yeah you want to have the boundaries yeah <laughs> right? but um, yeah. so you know it's not and even you know with the western culture being so like open and sexualized but when it comes to like what what we consider halal sex right it was it's mm. allowed what you can do you know, we, yeah. we freak out still. Yeah. So. Well, this is, this is a thing like, you know, especially with your own, with your own partner, like why, why freak out? And you know what, when you get married, sometimes you lose a spark because you're so busy with life, trying to make money to, you know, support your family. You have kids, things go crazy and you kind of lose that spark. And it's so important to bring that spark back in. And, and intimacy doesn't mean just in the bed. Intimacy also means like touching, caressing, holding, kissing, that kind of stuff, just to bring that back. Because, you know, you're, you're not married for five minutes. You're married, you know, you're in it for the long run, right? That's why you get married to someone. You love them and you're, you're marrying them for the long run. So put some work into it, you know. And if sometimes we all go through dips in our lives and that's okay, your job is to be open and to support them when they have those dips and vice versa. And, and just be there for them because, you know, intimacy doesn't necessarily just mean about sex. It doesn't mean that that's what you need to, you need to constantly do. You just need to be there for each other and just read each other, learn to read each other's cues and go with it. Um, you know, just don't go cold after you get married because that, you know, it just doesn't work. Intimacy has to keep going. And if you sit on the couch and hold hands, <laughs> you know, it's really not that hard. <laughs> Right, right. It's it's not rocket science. So, wow. I have so enjoyed our conversation today, Sarah. Thank you so much for your time. I know, like, it's approaching your bedtime for sure now. 
So um, I don't want to hold you much longer, although I'm greedy and I'm enjoying you so much. I'll have to get you some other time. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I want to thank you. So how can people work with you? Is it just through your website or do you have a Facebook group they can reach you? Yep. So you can um, jump on the Mindful Soul Academy. There'll be links to the Facebook um, group there. You can contact me directly through Facebook. Um, there will be um, links to contact me directly. If you want to work with me one-on-one, -on -one, that's totally cool. I uh, don't take that many one-on-one -on -one clients um, at the moment, but uh, depends on my schedule and your schedule. See where we can work because I'm in Australia, obviously. So we have to find a time that works. Uh, so you can contact me through the mindfulsoulacademy.com and I'd have a lot of free stuff like I do a lot of free webinars so make sure you join in the the mailing list uh, or on the Facebook uh, page and if you are a survivor of childhood sexual abuse do contact me directly and I will direct you to my private group I I screen everybody that goes in because it's a safe space for Muslim women so if you are if you are one of those do contact me I I keep everything very discreet and I understand there's a lot of people that haven't told their story so um, and they haven't told a soul of their pain of their past and I totally get that and you can just contact me and I'll directly to the group and there's a lot of resources in there about healing about moving on and how to forgive and how to let go uh, for those who have been abused so yeah thank you so much I'm so glad that you created this space and, you know, I'm, I'm glad it was put on your heart because we just never know what people need. So thank you for that. And I appreciate you being here today. And thank you to all our listeners and viewers. My name is Cordelia Gaffar. I'm the founder of Workout Around My Day and the Stress-Free Sisterhood, helping women, but especially moms, get from the chaos of trying to be healthy to the calm of making it happen. Have an amazing day. Yeah, so intelligent, amazing. Don't just break free from the hell.